everyone, I am Anders Bolling, and you're listening to Mind the Shift. I'm going to talk about awakening and true freedom. Awakening is a stretchable concept. It can mean a lot of things. I had this amazing conversation on the podcast with the wise and smart Karen Ism. Maybe some of you heard it. Karen talked about awakening. She urged us all to wake up and realize that we're becoming less and less physical beings. She wasn't referring to anything spiritual, though, or maybe she was in some sense, but she didn't define it that way. She talked about humankind's ever tighter integration and our increasingly intricate connection to the Internet. The devices we carry in our hands, on our wrists, in our laps, uh, that themselves carry a technology that is becoming a part of ourselves and hence in practice extending ourselves to every corner of the planet, actually. Is that a secular or a spiritual change? Well, on some level, it's probably the same thing. There's no meaningful separation between the two. I think ISM is right in referring to the need for us to realize we're merging with the internet as a kind of awakening. Because what is happening is a game changer. In the spiritual community, Awakening usually refers to a realization that we are spiritual beings having a human experience here on the earth plane, rather than the other way around. The noun awakening can also be used simply to describe the sudden insight that societal structures you've been taking for granted all your life, almost as nature-given, are built on nothing more than ideas and that those ideas can be changed as easily as any. There are lots of people out there talking about this kind of awakening. It's often tied to a feeling of resentment, a feeling of anger at how the system has tried to deceive us. It can refer to the, the banking system, the judiciary, or big pharma. Mostly it refers to all of the above, plus other building blocks of the armored matrix in which our lives play out. These people want to either crush or find ways to dodge the system in order to give us the freedom to choose our own paths to well-being. The defenders of the matrix, some of whom are just less aware and some hardcore order junkies, they dismiss these people as querulants. I myself, I concur with much of what these disruptors, if you want to call them that, are saying, but I have a different take on the basis for the matrix and, uh, and the reasons we need to break free from it. I'm less sure that the formerly powerful persons in charge of the societal structures are consciously fooling, quote unquote, the people. Generally, they probably believe that they're enforcing the old order to the benefit of all. But the old order doesn't serve us well anymore. We won't be needing leaders of the old kind in the not-so-distant future. 
we will always need inspirers and administrators, but not leaders in hierarchies. There's a significant difference. I'm convinced we will in the future be able to run a creative and a joyful society by pooling the innate, inherent, powerful energies we possess as humans, which we have been conditioned not to trust. Whether you believe or not in other dimensions and an eternal soul, the truth is that we know only two things in life with complete certainty. One, we have been born here, and two, we shall all one day leave this physical plane, which we call to die. Okay, to be honest, we know three things. We also know we exist because we're conscious, but that's an underlying certainty. If we keep it to events or changes of state, we're down to two. So in between those two events, we don't have a clue what's going to happen in the next few minutes. I mean, not really. We can assume things based on experience, but as we all know, very often things unfold differently than we had anticipated. In most of the cases, only slightly differently, but that's enough to create big shifts over time. It's an illusion that we can truly plan things on this three-dimensional level. We can only quote-unquote plan what we feel and what we desire, but exactly how those emotions and desires will manifest is not possible for our poor minds, assisted by our receivers, our brains that is, to know. And this goes for decision makers in the higher echelons of the matrix, as well as for ordinary people, whatever that is. Now, knowing this gives you a sense of freedom. This may sound counterintuitive, but the thing is that you realize you don't have to worry about making the right call all the time because you simply can't, not on a concrete detailed level. You can, of course, and should make the decisions that feel right in your heart, those that you intuit but emotions and hunches don't rely on meticulous analyses on the surface of things. They build on a deeper or, or a higher knowledge. Once you've followed your heart, you just need to trust the non-physical apparatus of the quantum soup you exist in and wait, which is a hell of a lot less cumbersome than trying to follow every detail of the myriad events that unfold all the time, which are contingent of what myriad other conscious agents desire and strive for out there in the same soup. If you yourself can't control how your life's going to unfold on a detailed level, it's pretty obvious that no one else can do it for you. It's preposterous that others should decide what path you take. You don't have to be part of any group, religion, party, or soccer team that you don't want to be a part of. You're free. We're all born free. When someone gives you advice you haven't asked for, it has nothing to do with you. It's just a projection. The only person that has the right 
A right to tell you what to do is you. It may sound cynical to say that a poor child born in a village in South Sudan is born free. But on a spiritual level, it must, of course, be true for everyone. If it weren't true for every human being, it simply wouldn't be true. And this is why many choose to believe it isn't. It's a little bit beyond the scope of this episode to dive deeper into why some souls are born under harsher physical conditions than others. Let it suffice for now to establish that we are all pretty helpless in this world during the first few years of our earthly existence. We're completely dependent on our parents and other people in our nearest environment. And so those are the people we get our subconscious programs from. And they have in turn, of course, got their subconscious programs from their parents and so on and so on. So if you're poor and consider yourself suppressed and perhaps a victim, you will convey that mindset to your children, just as rich and self-confident people convey their mindset to their children. As Dr. Bruce Lipton has pointed out, this is probably a more important reason, or at least as important a reason, why rich people stay rich and poor people stay poor than the actual financial state of things. Yeah, I know that this way of looking at differences is, of course, certainly controversial. But think about it. It definitely merits considering. Since we're all born free at our core, all the different practical, physical, or psychological circumstances we find ourselves in, the web of innumerous subconstructs of this enormous mental construct we call our society that we're entangled in, they are circumstances that we have put ourselves in or that we have been put in by others. They are not self-evident. They are not natural. Of course, there may be good reasons for choosing to take part in one or two or a number of these mechanisms or tools of power, if you will, but they aren't unquestionable. To truly honor our basic freedom, we should at least once ask ourselves why we must go to school, have a degree, pursue military service, take up employment, have a bank account, take loans for houses and cars, use money, marry, affiliate to a religion, be a member of clubs, accept the polarized political narrative, vote for political parties and candidates, seek treatment at certain hospitals and trust their doctors, buy food in certain stores, subscribe to certain media, go by the mainstream media narrative, go by the mainstream scientific narrative, take the judiciary for granted, abide by all laws, obey the police, subscribe to the main grid of energy, internet, and water supply. Now you will undoubtedly end up in trouble 
if you detach yourself from some of the elements of the matrix, like trying to live without earning money or buying food, breaking laws in a noticeable way or disobeying the police. We're still a long way from a society where we don't have to live under those conditions. But as a matter of fact, most of these artificial structures, which often are presented as natural, are actually possible to escape for anyone who wishes to do so. You don't have to be married. You don't have to be employed or be a member of any organization or vote or go to the mosque or church or any other temple of faith or listen to the news or read the books that others tell you to read or eat the food or take the drugs that the authorities recommend you to take. What do we really want to achieve and do in this life? I mean, deep inside, when we feel what our true selves desire. We want to experience emotions and events, and we want to feel close to others. We want to love and express joy. We want friendship, evolution, and growth. We need to do things. Most importantly, we need to create. Sometimes we create on our own. Sometimes we do it together with others, but either way, we are connected. And to that end, we need certain basic physical things like shelter and food. In short, we need to experience life. That's it. To achieve these things, these life goals, these life goals, we don't need all those structural features listed above. We might want to organize ourselves to optimize our experiences, of course, but there are many ways to organize human beings and human behavior. We're all born as free souls, and then something happens, and it happens early. We are conditioned to believe that we are what's labeled on us. We identify as products of the matrix. But it's an illusion. We are free. We are free.